beaming from Pacific Junction Hotel to Earth. Yo, welcome to my summer lair. I'm your host, Sammy Yunan. I'm super excited. I have a writer and director from a sci-fi series today. Introduce yourselves and give us a little snapshot of what the vault is and how is it different than, like, say, Prince's vault. <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Sarah, and I am the creator of The Vault. It's a story about a group of like ragtag kind of survivors, a couple of civilians, a couple of military people, people from all over that have survived this apocalyptic kind of event um, in the near future. And um, 2025, they, right? Yeah. So it's not too far away. Um, and um, they're living together in this bunker underground, surviving that way uh, by keeping their location secret and not kind of letting the outside world know because at uh, in the beginning of the series, we actually don't know what it is that happened and why they're there. So it's something that I guess kind of evolves as, as the series progresses. And um, one day they um, go out on this mission because they do have to go out on these missions to try to get supplies because they are underground, things are limited. Um, and they go out on this mission and they find this survivor um, and they con their conscious is like, I need to bring this guy back. Like, here's somebody who we thought nobody could survive out here. This guy is alive. We've got to bring him back and see what the heck's going on. Like, how did he get, like, mm -hmm. what's going on with him? So they bring him back, and then uh, we get into the vault, and then the series kind of takes on from there. All right. So there's a bunch of stuff going on. I want to start at the beginning. How did sci-fi kind of come into your life? What was the gateway drug or a book or a movie or a TV show? Or what was the one that got you hooked in sci-fi? I think I kind of loved sci-fi without knowing I loved sci-fi. So I remember as a kid, I really enjoyed reading a lot. And I would love the aspect of being able to create worlds in your head so even though they're printed you would imagine what they were like and I think for me that idea and then I came to realize sci-fi is all about like these worlds that are not necessarily concrete um, they can be whatever you want them to be and so I just kind of really enjoyed the genre that way and um, as a kid like I think one of the bigger ones that kind of stands out because I think you get really um you get impacted by what you see as a kid, I think, a lot more than as you get older. And um, one of the ones that I had seen was The Terminator. Oh, yeah, that's so, a good one. Yeah, so, and uh, I remember watching The Fly. That one scared the shoot out of me. It's okay. Um, but, no <laughs> uh, but again, those are the ones that I kind of remember um, being um, a part of. Mm -hmm. Did The Terminator scare you as well? Uh, no, I don't know that it scared me as much as the fly. Like, I think I really freaked out with the fly because I felt, um, I, the part of it was like, I don't know, in my brain that could be real. Like you just <laughs> never, like there's a human I, And I think with the Terminator, I, I didn't get scared that same way. I always saw like robot, robot is not human mm -hmm. and it just kind of stayed separate. Yeah. The me. time traveling robot part does yeah. kind of like. Yeah. I kind of like, I know that's not real. Right. Okay. But it's like, here's this man, he goes into this thing and he comes out and, you know, and starts. So that to me kind of freaks me out and I still get freaked out with certain sci-fi kind of uh things just recently I got actually it was a couple years now and I can't remember the name of the movie I forget things very quickly but it was that uh, was it the Apollo mission 
the one that never came home or oh, something. Oh, Apollo 18 or that one? The, Which one? the horror, the Apollo 18? Yes, or? that yeah. one. So I remember actually being freaked out mm-hmm. f- that the fact that there were these things that were dropping uh, and I couldn't sleep that night. Like I actually <laughs> was. So there are certain things about certain movies sometimes that will get me mm-hmm. and uh, really, really freak me out. So working on the vault, then are you trying to do more science fiction and less kind of horror? Because there are some scary moments yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think the idea for the vault was to be horror-ish. It was more to be uh, sci-fi than mm-hmm. horror. Yeah. But working as the director, you get scared the same way because you know where everything no, is. No, it's and different. Like it's different because, like, I think when you're behind the scenes, the seeing of how everything is, um, the real, like, actually the concreteness of it is very different from what you get to see in the finished product, right? So um, I don't think any of what we did on the vault would have ever scared me to, I was there and I always knew I was in a safe space. Like it's just my mind would never put the two together. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes when you see a movie too, like somebody will get shot or whatever and there's oh, yeah. blood. And hey, like, oh yeah. And you jump, right? right. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then like the director, but on set though, the director will just call a cut and then the person gets up and goes, gets lunch. Yeah. Right? And they're still like yeah. bleeding all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very true. I, I think, there was another one, even uh, another thing that I worked on. I remember it had got, uh, blood spatter and everything. Mm-hmm. And just seeing the makeup artist putting that stuff on, touching it, knowing how, g- I don't know, there's something different about, yeah, it doesn't scare you mm-hmm. as much. I wonder, though, if I were to do like something that's super horror, I might actually still freak out, right? Because you're still trying to get that vibe. So depending on how the actors are acting in a certain scene, you could actually, Yeah. I wonder if I would... That would be my next experiment. Probably. Would it be location as well? Some of the locations in the vault are a little creepy. Oh, yeah, yeah. But again, we scouted them during daytime hours and there was a bit of light in some of them. I think that hallway, the hallway that you see General Pierce walking through, that was in a, this old factory that even during the day, it was, um, it was very dark and cold it was like they had no heating in that place because not it it was it used to be a factory that was completely used the entire building and then i think they um, are only using a section of it and if people want to come and like use other parts they can but nobody is using other parts so it was really really cold it was probably november december so daylight is very shot and um and it was dark and cold but you know, you have a whole crew of people there too. It's never as um, desolate, I guess, yeah. as as it looks. That's the big horror mistake, right? Yeah. When you go off on your own. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's well, when you yeah. get the axe to the face. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's good. So uh, true. So that's you're smart so to go true. with the crew. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, and yeah. Having seen those spaces even before shooting, before the actual cast is there also kind of helps because you get a sense of what that space is just on its own Mm -hmm. um so but yeah but you mentioned it's cold and it's dark you were shooting in like winter oh yes yeah how was that experience because that's yeah that was an experience that we do not want to do again yeah i could imagine (laughs) so yeah so it was funny because when we started thinking about it and we knew the um, we wanted to do like a nuclear winter post-apocalyptic kind of thing. And the best way to do it would be during winter time when everything is dead. So you don't have to like pretend that things are dead. It's just snowy and dead anyways. So 
then we started shooting and um i remember one of the that beginning um scene of the of the snow falling and all of that one that one was shot in like the worst snowstorm of that year so it looked bad it yeah a lot of people i remember on youtube were commenting on the special effects of the snow looks great and whatever and it was like yeah there were no special effects <laughs> there that was actually real and then the worst part about it was that we were shooting for about an hour to two hours i think or probably a bit more and then realized the camera hadn't actually recorded anything wow so now we're fighting the 5 p.m. sunshine and we're trying to get everything that we just did for two hours. Your hands are freezing and everything. And yeah, so we had to reshoot everything. The, the one positive, I guess, you can take away is you knew where the shots were that you needed to kind of. You didn't have to kind of go through that whole trying to figure out what you wanted, where you wanted it. It was kind of just do it all over again. But that was a really, really hard day for the cast that was there and for the crew for sure with something like this though because there's a lot of uh special effects that you are mm -hmm. using and it's sci-fi so it's a little bit more different than mm -hmm. like say like if you're doing like a comedy yeah. or something and like my wacky roommate or something yeah. how do you balance the story that you want to tell versus the budget because then the budget needs to go to the, the yeah. special effects and some of the yeah you know, thank you for sure and a lot of the reason why this process even took so long because we started thinking about it like 2011 and it's been what are we now 2019 mm -hmm. um is because of budget and it's always hard i think with sci-fi you don't want to make it look cheesy i guess you could say but you also need to account for you don't have a multi-million dollar budget either so i think for us we tried hard to really um do what we could uh, on set like, so try to get a lot of the shots as close to what we wanted to, and try to minimize uh, some of the special effects. How do you get a tank? You actually had a real tank, yes, right? Yes, we did. That was a real tank. We knew these people, uh, this museum that has um, tanks, and we talked to them and we asked them if we could go out there, and they said, yeah. So. Did you get to drive the tank? No, no. And uh, none of the caster crew. I think uh, they they had to have their specialized people. Like, yeah, they mm -hmm. wouldn't just let anybody. Can you imagine? Somebody would just take off with the tank and be like, see you later. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be pretty funny. But no, we had somebody, um, somebody from them who they had come and drive it for us. Yeah, you mentioned the comments. And there's one of the comments is like, uh, this is a web series. People were surprised. Yeah, a lot of people were wondering if it was like a, a, a film or something. And a lot of people have been giving us support to make it into a film. And of course, that's what we would love to do is to try to get all this, um, like all these people excited about it to probably the next one we do could be a film. It's just, again, having to get the support financially to be able to pull something like that. Yeah, how many episodes are you hoping to do? Or Because right now you have six out, right? Yeah, so there's six out. Um, the series, uh, the first series will have ten, so we have four more to go. Okay. Yeah, hopefully we're hoping to get them out soon. We've just been dealing with a couple of other things. Post is always uh, one of those things where trying to get this, even just getting the special effects Um ready and everything so um but hopefully april uh the last four will come out 
how have you been finding the experience? Because you're just shooting like when you sit down to do a feature film, obviously, right? You're like you get to have these moments like you do scene by scene, whatever. You, these are very tight, like six, seven, ten minute like episodes. Um, so, so does that put a bit of extra pressure on you to kind of like get in and out and like make it super tight? So we actually shot it like a film. So even though it's being released episodically, like we actually, when we conceived of the notion and everything, we had to kind of just for financial reasons too, to make the money work the best, uh, we knew we had to shoot it a certain way. So we did shoot it, um, like a film in the sense that we shot it all when we needed to get all the outdoor shots, all of that was done at one time. It wasn't like we were shooting episode by episode. Mm -hmm. That would have been a lot harder, uh, just even to maintain. Yeah. So, and how's the reception now? You've been kind of making the rounds a little bit with some festivals. Yeah. And... So we've been actually doing really well in the festival circuit. We're really happy with that. I'm very proud. We just came back from one of our cast came back from LA. There was a festival there. We were nominated for six nominations and we actually won three. Nice. Yeah. High five. Thanks. Good job. Um, we won uh, audience choice. That was actually a really good one because to us, that just means the audience is actually connecting with the story. Um, so we won the best uh, web series audience choice, um, best director and best actress. So, yeah. And I think in total now we've gone to or we've been accepted into 12 festivals. So that's pretty, pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw I think it was on your Instagram. There's a Philip K. Dick. Yeah, uh, that one just happened uh so it was a two-parter kind of thing so they had one weekend in new york for a couple of days and then uh the next weekend was in la for a couple of days mm -hmm. and i don't think we won at that one but we were an official selection okay yeah and I that was know, great yeah i didn't even know that was a festival yeah because it's a really like cool it, it's a sci-fi yeah it's totally sci-fi and i think the one this weekend is also uh the miami international sci-fi so it's all just sci-fi stories so mm -hmm. it's cool that we're getting into ones that are like genre specific and also the ones that are um more broad like uh uh, Buenos Aires Web Fest or Rio or yeah so it seems then like from what you're saying and based on the festivals this whole like web series is taken off because I mean the last couple of years we've seen a lot more articles on like podcasts and serial and things like this and people are still like the mainstream media is still kind of slow on picking yeah. up on web series yeah. and reviewing them and yeah. like that kind of so this is growing then, Yeah, right? like, for sure, for sure. Like some of these web series things too, they've been around for eight, seven, eight, nine years. And when you go to them, you see so many series. And it's like, it's hard just to, how else do we get to see these web series, right? So it's just, again, trying to find your niche and trying to have people just spread the word. That's the, the one great thing about these festivals too, is they help just spread the word of... Uh, that were there because there's so much content, but how do you get found? And you're finding too that the science science fiction nerds are really digging this. And when yeah, they like we've gotten like a there's a couple of really hardcore fans on our Twitter account that like totally promote us, totally interact with us, and that's really great. And these guys are from some of them are from the U.S., some of them from Australia, and when we look at what they're doing. Some of them are writers. Some of them are photographers. They're not even all filmmakers. It's, but they are a community. And as a community, they are totally like just uh, spreading the word of others. And so it's really great. And then, you know, in return, we do the same. Like when we see these 
post-apocalyptic sci-fi kind of things and we try to spread the word as well mm -hmm. do you like that aspect too the fact that once you put something up on like youtube it goes everywhere yeah there is something nice about the fact that people are seeing it like uh, as opposed to like if you were to make a film unless you get massive marketing money to put it out in theater and to actually make waves it's hard for your film to get seen like and I even looking sometimes you get to Netflix and although okay wow you made it to Netflix some of those movies you've never heard of out there unless you saw them out Netflix now what about all those other movies that don't even get to go on to Netflix and like how where do you even mm -hmm. get to see them so the nice thing about these episodic web series kind of thing that you put on YouTube and you just promote it and you just know that you did something and people are out there watching yeah and you guys got funding from IPF yeah, yeah. So what does yeah. that mean to you for something like that, for like a production like yours? Oh, that's like, we're so thankful and grateful to have gotten their funding because that really helped uh, make this a reality. Because it was, there was some um, independent sponsors and then their funding just kind of allowed for the project to even happen mm -hmm. and for it to not just be on paper. Still. What do you think that they saw that they were like, yep, we want to give this money? What was it? Was it the story? Was it the characters? Was um, it your skills? I think a little bit of everything. I think it was just overall they saw that it was a project that looked um, like it would resonate with people and that people would enjoy it and that people would watch it. And I think that's what they're there for, to try to promote stories that people, people will go out there and see. All right. And what was the process like to cast everybody? Was um, that like, because did you have a certain scent of like the characters or did you want the, the actors to kind of come in and help shape some of the characters as well? Um, so for casting, some of the people that we worked with were individuals that we had worked with before that I had been in contact with. Um, and I just thought that they would work well with the, the piece. So we asked them to audition for it. Um, and then... Um, some of the other ones we put out just casting calls to try to see um, who would fit the role the best. And um, I think we were pretty good with allowing, here's your character, but sometimes people do bring their own, um, their own thing to it. And it wouldn't be fair to stifle that if that made the character that much better. So as long as I think a lot of our cast, they understood their character. They understood who they were meant to be, and they went with it. Mm -hmm. Can yeah. you give us a snapshot of some of the characters involved in the vault? Um, yeah, so there is our uh, survivor, Hale, um, and he is a pilot, a, mi a military pilot. And then there was Amanda. Um, she's the one who, um, you find out had kids and she wants to go back out there to get her. So she's a mom who's looking for her kids. There's general Pierce who she's the strong, like kind of like no nonsense kind of, uh, military personnel there. She's tough. Yeah, she is, which is great. Like it's a, a nice, tough female character as well, which, um, totally about, promoting that which you don't always get to see mm -hmm. um and then there's hatch who um is also military and he works uh with her um he's kind of like her right hand man kind of thing um and then oh there's santos and mckinley so those 
those two are, you can tell McKinley's kind of the more um, comedic kind of guy and he's out there trying, still having fun kind of, and Santos is the more serious, like, you know, we live in a post-apocalyptic world, like, this is not fun, I just want to be home in the safety of our, like, um, of, of our bunker, I don't like being out here, I just, you know, so she's more risk adverse, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's the main cast right now that we've seen yeah and you mentioned this is a dystopian it's following a nuclear winter you, you and i were talking about this off air like is this going to be like a hopeful sci-fi story or is it going to be uh, oh i hope so um you'll have to find out in the next four episodes but um yeah i don't think we want to make it anything that um is too um too scary or, or not scary, but too like dark. Or? dark. Um, we do hope to continue with the series and, you know, you can find out more mm-hmm. about everything and just in, expand the world. Um, so kind of have to leave it at that. One last question. Why did you set it at 2025? Like you said, that that's not too far away from... Um, was there certain things in the media or like Trump no, or something? Or no, what was it no, like? no, no. I don't think we went with any of that. Although maybe if we were to think about it, that actually could have been a good story <laughs> for you right now. But um, I think we just wanted something that didn't feel like it was too far out there, but still felt like it wasn't today. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at like a lot of our... Um, sets and like costumes and everything it's you know kind of it's what you would see now in a way but um it's not like jetpacks yeah yeah yeah. so yeah so if people want to see this where can they go uh what are your social handles um so you can catch us on youtube of course um at the vault um the vault web series and then on twitter we're at vault web series and on instagram we're the vault web series okay and the first six episodes are out when you said the the next few will be dropping uh hopefully in april so we're thinking uh the second week onwards of april okay thank you sarah for coming in and hanging out and like talking sci-fi thank you so much for having me that was fun right was it painless it wasn't as scary as i thought it wasn't like the fly okay see there you go that's the type of recommendation (laughs) i should put on my website thank you (laughs) my name is sammy yunan and you can follow me on twitter facebook and instagram at my pal sammy thanks for listening